Are you glad to be here? Praise God. I'm going to share some things with you today that will um, help you. Amen. I want to talk to you on the entrepreneurial edge. The entrepreneurial edge. There is, um, I want to call them, um, a cult in the world that controls a lot of the businesses in the world. And um, they claim to be a church. They claim to be a church, but they have trained their members to be good business people. So we'll call it the entrepreneurial edge. I'm going to read from your Bible, so be cool. Okay. True, the word entrepreneur is, um, is a French word. It means one who undertakes or manages. One who undertakes or manages. It also means someone who organizes a business and undertakes the risk for it. Now, we, we know that the entrepreneur is um, called to do what he does, so uh, not everybody will start a business. Um, there's something a Christian man said, Peter J. Daniels, he said, entrepreneurs and not governments are the secrets to thriving economies. So if we can have people start businesses, know how to manage businesses, then it will be better for all of us. Okay? Now, we said the entrepreneur is someone who undertakes. Okay? He is someone who undertakes to pioneer a business, to create opportunities, okay, for others. Now, let's, let's look into uh, what, we, what we mean since we are going to be training you people in uh, this direction. Let's get a good base for what we want to talk about today. Let's look at Luke 19. Luke 19. I want to read verse 11. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. So they thought because of the parable they just told that the kingdom of God would immediately appear. That means God is just, Jesus is going to come on those kind of things. He said, therefore, a certain noble man went into a far country, that's verse 12, to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Now, this nobleman is who? Is who? In the parable, who is the nobleman? Come on now. In the parable, who is the nobleman? Jesus. Simple. Receive a kingdom and 
to return. So the no say the nobleman is Jesus. Come on now. The nobleman is Jesus. Okay, watch this. It says, he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. How I many of you know Jesus is coming soon? Very, very soon, right? Okay, look at this. Verse 13. He called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, what did he say? What did he say? Talk to me. What did he say? Occupy till I come. Now, that word means do business. See? So I believe that the body of Christ should be trained to do what? To do what? Business. We know not everybody will start a business. But we should train our people to do business. Those who can do business, we can also train those who, who manage things for others because an entrepreneur is also someone who um, manages. See? You could be managing for someone, but a true entrepreneur is always a pioneer. Are we together? Okay. So let's, let's look at a few things here. And he called unto, he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Say, occupy till I come. Say again, say, occupy till I come. Are you out there? Okay, now, I, I want to read from the Amplified, verse 13. Calling ten of his own born servants, he gave them ten minors, each equal to 100 days wages, or nearly $20, and said to them, buy and sell with these. Notice, buy and sell with these till I return. Or better still, while I go and then return. So Jesus is saying, I want you to, to start a business with what I've given you. In other words, there is something God has invested in you with which you can do business. And there's something God has put inside of you you can trade with. Because the Bible says it gave his ten servants ten pounds. See, it gave his ten servants ten pounds. In other words, that means each one got one, right? Come on now, come on, right? Okay. So there is something you have in you that is as valuable as the other person has. It might not be the same, but it's valuable. And you must know that there's something you have that is valuable. Say, I have something valuable. Okay. So since we are reviving the entrepreneurial spirit, okay, so our subtopic, reviving the entrepreneurial spirit. You could call it drive. Okay. So the first thing we see is that there is something I have that is valuable. There is something I have that is valuable. There's something you have. There's something you have that is valuable. So say, I don't have anything that is valuable. You do. Can you wash clothes? It's valuable. Somebody needs someone that wash their clothes. See, there's something you have. You know, somebody, I don't have anything. 
If I had something, I know I would have been able to do something. See? You need to know that there's something you have that is valuable. Say, there's something I have that is valuable. Say it again. Say, there's something I have that is valuable. Now, this actually removes the poverty mentality. Because the average individual believes, I don't have anything, so uh, let me just beg somebody. No, there's something you have that is valuable. You can wash clothes for somebody. You can be a housekeeper. You can look for a job somewhere. You can start, start from somewhere. I, I, I hope this story is true. I heard about a man during the, um, what do you call it now, during the recession in America recently, that was, it was a manager and lost his job somewhere, and he was going consistently to a place to look for a job. Then he came up with an idea. I have, I have something to offer. So he went to them and said, I don't want to ask you for a salary. Just put me somewhere to work. I'll just work. You don't need to pay me. I'll just work. And he kept on working. He was faithful, doing what he was doing, more faithful than those who were paid. And when one of their managers resigned, they put him as a manager because he was a manager. So you have something to offer. Say, I have something to offer. Yeah, you got something to offer that is valuable. Are we together? Yes, and are we together? Okay, let me read another translation. That's verse 13 again. It says... Before he left, he called together 10 assistants and gave them each $2,000 to invest while he was gone. See, invest while he was gone. He gave them each $2,000. See, there's something you have that is of worth. They didn't work for it. It was, it was a gift. It was something that they had in them. They could turn into money. You have your time. One thing we all have as people is our time. See? And you can invest your time, watch this, in reading and become knowledgeable. See? You can invest your time in a relationship and get a friend or a spouse. See, we all have something to offer. You have time. I remember... Kenny Copeland told the story of a young man. He didn't have a job. And, um, and he said he went to this mechanic workshop uh, when um, I think there was only one um, airplane repair, whatever, in America. And um, he went there and said he wanted to work with a man as an apprentice. And that he was going to work at, for no pay. And he kept on working and working and working and working and working for about two or three years. And God kept on taking care of his family. And he went to the man and said, Sir, I've been working for three years and I think it's time for you to pay me if, you, if there's anything in your heart. And the man said, I'm not going to pay you. Watch this. Faithfulness. And the guy resigned. He stopped working because since the man wouldn't pay me, he has learned he knows the job better than anybody there right now because he was faithful. So he left, and the other staff came to their boss and said, if you're not going to call that guy back to come and work, we're leaving this job. He resumes earlier than anyone else. He works longer than anyone else. We're standing with him. If you don't get him back, we'll leave our job. He called him back, and he had a job. See, there's something we have. There's something. You can be someone's apprentice. You see, apprenticeship doesn't mean you're inferior. It means you're smart. 
Because you will learn from your boss's experience, not from your own mistakes. We are reviving the entrepreneurial spirit. We're reviving it. We're reviving it. Say, I have something that is valuable. Uh, come on now, talk to me. I have something that is valuable. I have something to offer. Yeah. Yeah, you got something to offer. Now, the second thing I want to share with you which is very, very important. You have something that's valuable. Every great business begins with a dream. Underline or uh, capitalize with a dream. Every great business begins with a dream. Every great business. So if you are going to have a great business, you must have a dream. And it has been said, watch this, a business without a dream is like a life without a purpose. A business without a dream is like a life without a purpose. Let me explain. You start a business to sell shoes because you need money, all right? And your shoes business kept on growing. Now you have a lot of money. What will happen? You will not be on serious because you have all the money you want. See? You have all the money you want. And that's why most businesses in Africa fail. Because they just started the business so that uh, by the time I started, watch this, by the time I started, I make a lot of money. Uh, I'll be able to have cars. I'll be able to have, buy a big house, take care of my children. These are the secondary pursuits. We'll come to the difference between a personal dream and an impersonal dream. But these are the secondary pursuits. I'll explain why. Now, you, you have your cars. You don't see any reason to go to work again. See, you, you have your cars. You have your money. You got a lot of money stashed away in the bank. So since your, your primary drive was money, you have money. See, your customer has no value anymore because you have money. Your clients have no value anymore because you have money. So before long, your business crumbles. That's why a lot of Nigerian businesses have failed. Every great business begins with a dream. Because if there's no dream, hear me, your business has no future. So what do you mean, pastor? What do you mean? This ministry started because of an instruction. God showed us a future. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. And this is why I want you to do it. And we stepped out into the ministry. I told you when I came to the city, our total income was 15300 And now the income has gone up. It was about our money. I bought a Jeep by now because I can, if we want to, rent a very big house, have some stomach to show for it, hallelujah, and dress it. And say, wow, this is ministry. But what is ministry? Ministry is service. 
What are you in business for? To render service. It's not that you shouldn't have a big house, you shouldn't have a big, but that is not the goal of the business. So you must have that focus as an individual. What is the dream? What difference are we going to make in this generation? Every great business begins with a dream. Now, look, if you look at every, I don't want to talk about secular people and I don't want to talk about them because I want you to go out there and do something bigger and better than what you've done in the name of Jesus. Yeah, but every great business in the world, they had a dream. Some, some just thought, ah, why can't we provide such and such service quicker, cheaper, and better than anyone else has done it? And let's, let's have it around the world. So now he's got the big salary, the highest paid um, CEO in the world is um, Tim Cook the guy in Apple if I tell you salary it will shock you but they're still working hard working real hard why? because it's about the dream it's about the dream it's not about the cars they didn't write he's driving the most expensive car in the world He's the highest-paid executive in the world. So what is the dream? This business, do you have a mission statement? Why? Because number three, every great business begins on purpose. See? The dream now becomes the reason why you started. The dream becomes the reason why you started. Why? Why? Every great business... Begins and purpose. In other words, what's begun intentionally does a reason, does a mission. Without, because if you don't have a purpose, your business has no mission. And if your business has a mission, eventually you lack passion. And a business without a passion dies. Eventually it will die. Eventually. I can start calling Nigerian companies. You can tell me, oh, damn. Those days it used to rain. They started because they wanted money. Now they have the money, so no drive to go to work again. See? The dream was not about making someone else's life better. The dream was not about improving our society. The dream was not about providing quality service, inspiring others, or doing something. It was just about money, me, 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 me. You were into computers, for instance. Okay, what is your dream? Have you written it down? No, no, well, I dream by the time I start this business like this, like this, like this, like this. You know now, the way it's going, by the time I have like 50 clients, pepper don't rest. In fact, I'll not be eating here again, I'll be eating pepperoni only. See? So now, at the end of the, of the day, the money he has saved or made from his business has been eroded. Why? Because he lacked wisdom. 
Every good business begins with a dream. Every good business is sustained by purpose. They have a mission. It's sustained by purpose. They, they have a mission. There's no, there's no, um, I don't think I'm going to continue again. I've known this. I've known some people, they've started a business for a long while. Say money is not coming out, they start another one. Have you seen it? It was not a dream. So, because there was no purpose, so they had no mission. Since they had no mission, they had no passion. There was no drive. There was no drive. Your neighbor is selling minerals and biscuits and things like that. And you also start selling minerals and biscuits and things like that. So finally, you get tired. So the biscuit, I'm the one eating it. The beverages, I'm the one drinking it. And my brother that is going through hardship, now he comes every time and says, Auntie, give me milk now. So now the business has crumbled. There was no dream. You didn't see that and think. People just think, money, 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 money. Look at the musical industry. Everybody goes into the music. By the time we see, it, by, by the grace of God, we, 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 we will get there. What happens in the Nigerian music industry? Very few of them last. Just watch the next 10 years. Most of these people sing will not be there. They've made all their money. They're satisfied. So the fact that you wrote a dream down does not mean it's a dream from God. You can go home now and say, okay, I am going to write a dream so that it looks like my business has a dream. It is still not a dream because a dream will always drive you. It will always drive you. What is a dream? A dream is an image of a preferred future. It's an image of a preferred future. What future do you see about this business? What future? What future? Look at ministry. You see a minister is, is, is studying hard. He's studying hard. He's studying hard. He's, he's fasting and, and praying. Ooh. Minister of God. Then he gets his jeep. He has a house. He has a wife. And some number of children as he wills. He's satisfied. Now we cannot quote the Bible well. Now he doesn't study the way you say. It says in those days when we used to study. So now it's not in those days. Why? Because his dream has been fulfilled. He has the money. So his level of achievement is capped. Be satisfied. What is it I want again? Is it Jeep? I have it. Is it house? I have it. And because of this, a lot of people have been limited in their greatness. See? So there is something, there is something, there is something you can do. There is something you can do that will change the world we're living and mark this point in history forever. And mark this point in history forever. 
There are two kinds of dream. There is the personal dream. And if you've been in the class, what's the next one? The impersonal dream. Okay. Now, the personal dream is all about you. It's all about you. It's about you having my money. Sorry, the personal dream. You having my money. Money. Cars. Houses. And all that. Those are the, the personal dream. But there is what? The impersonal dream. Where you're thinking of what you can do for the customer, for your client, that would change their world or the world forever. Think about it. Bill Gates asked the question, how can we become the software language in all the computers in the world? We have to make softwares affordable, affordable to everyone. What happened? At one point, he was the richest man in the world. What did he want to do? To make softwares what? Affordable. So, what service can you render cheaper, quicker? And better than anyone else in the world or in your field. What service can you render? That when every customer experiences your business, they come back again. What are you going to do differently in your business to make people come back? What are you going to do differently? Everybody's after their purse. Everybody's after their purse. But what can you do that to make that guy know, boy, this guy's not just after my purse. He's concerned about me. I was watching something on TV about a particular business in America. They were going somewhere and, um, to see one of their clients about a, a particular, uh, I think, a complaint or so. When they got there, they brought... It, like a souvenir from their office and gave it. And I was watching and I said, baby, I found out that Americans give you a lot. Your customers, is there something you give to them? That makes them feel valuable? We just consider them, make the money, make the money, make the money, make the money, make the money. Don't forget you're not the only one trying to make their money. Because you have to let them know that you are in it for them. That's what leads to the impersonal dream. The impersonal dream. The impersonal dream. For instance, I said, the fact that you, you have a dream doesn't mean it came from God. You see, a God-given dream... A God-given dream is what we call a vision. That's what we call a vision. Okay? And if you read Proverbs 29 verse 18, 
It says, without a vision, or where there is no vision, the people perish. In other words, they cast off restraint. So we cannot be organized until we have a vision. So since your business has no vision or a dream, so to say, what will happen? You'll not be organized. You'll not be organized. See? But by the time you have a dream or a vision, as the case may be, as you want to put it, then you begin to look at, okay, what is the design for the dream? See? Because a vision is a picture of the future. A dream is a picture of the future. You've written it down how the future will be. Now that you know the picture, there's going to be a design. There's going to be a plan. So, since there is no vision, it's difficult to plan. See? If I ask most of us here, I say, where is the plan for your business? Some of you will show me your goals and say, this is the plan. To become the largest computer company. Computer company in Nigeria. That's the goal. That's not the plan. That's not the plan. Because when God spoke to Joshua, he said, everywhere the soul of your feet shall turn upon shall be yours. Then he says, from this wilderness into such and such a place and described and gave him the vision, the dream. Then he began to show him the plan. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. See? Now, the word good success means to deal wisely. It says, now, you're going to be smart if you go this way. So now, what is the design? What is your business going to look like? Have you written it down? What is the plan? What are we going to be doing every day to get there? What is the plan? See? Now, look at... I remember I was watching something, I think it was on CNN, before uh, Microsoft came, came up with, with Binge. And... A guy designed, I think it um, was a search engine or so, and Bill Gates went there and bought that guy's company. And I was like, and he was talking about how the, he's also trying to dominate the cyberspace. I was like, wow. Wow. He wants to dominate the world with his philosophy and all that is, is sharing his philosophy with the world. He believes in eugenics. Which is really, really sad. Sad. But that's not today's discussion. But he had a plan. He had a design. He had a dream. He wants to dominate the cyberspace. Larry and Sergey of Google, they want to dominate the cyberspace. I've only heard that they drive the most expensive car in the world. But I've heard of Saudi Arabian princes that drive diamond-studded Mercedes. Diamond-studded. That means Benz was made and they gum diamonds to it. They didn't work for their money. Oil. 
Diamond studded. So the dream is about the money. What happens to Hollywood stars? The dream is a very personal dream. What happened to Michael Jackson? You become popular. You mesmerize your crowd and get your influence and make your money. So what happens at the end of the day, they're taking drugs because they're all empty. Why? It was only a personal dream. By the time you drive a car, no matter how expensive guys are, all it is is a car. You drive the 2012 version, next it'll be 2013 version. So there'll be 2014. When you pose, you, you, when you bought your 2012 or 2013 version, you do your key like this, where everybody see you. Right? 2014, you have to buy the next one because someone else has bought 2014 and packed it by your own. And you're still keeping your 2014, no, I must buy 2014. See, the rat race never ends. It must be won by the big rat, the fattest rat. And I know you're not a rat in Jesus' name. But the impersonal dream. You got a dream. You got a design. Now that you have a design, you, you've described how the future is going to be for this business. Now you get the next one. There'll be a drive. There'll be a drive. You have a driving force. You got the motivation. You know exactly. Because hear me, until it is clear, you cannot be motivated. Habakkuk 2.2, write the vision. Make it plain upon the tables that he that readeth it may run with it. See, if the vision is clear, if it's plain, it will motivate you. It will motivate your staff. It's clear. Everybody has seen it. This is where we are going. Think about it. The big engineers in Google are going to Facebook. The big engineers in Google, the CEO of Google, are just gone to Yahoo. Is the vision clear? Is the vision clear? Is your dream clear? Is it written? The impersonal dream. I'm not talking, it's okay to have a personal. What of the impersonal dream? Because when you have this impersonal dream, the personal dreams becomes a reward. It just flows. It just flows. Henry Ford wanted to make cars affordable and available to everybody so people should be able to buy it. Let's start cars at a commercial, commercial rate. No, that is impossible. In fact, he started it, became wealthy. The impersonal dream. That's why they are still in business today. The impersonal dream. I've made up my mind. The way my business in the next five years, this in Agua, I'll be the very big house. Everybody will quiet. Is that right? Ten years from now, there'll be a bigger house. So that achievement of yours has become irrelevant. See, that's why those CEOs are of the other side, they seem to be smarter than our African brothers. And our African brothers, the impersonal dream, the impersonal dream. You're thinking about the customer. 
How am I going to make, how am I going to serve this customer in a way nobody has ever served him? In a way that will make him feel valuable? In a way, you know, do it with value. Because the quality of your service is a value for the customer. Don't do shoddy work. And I've always taught you, the quality of your service is a reflection of your self-worth. So, you serve that customer. You serve him with value. You pay for it. I've been studying all these years, making sure that when I teach, it's going to be sound. It's going to be sound. Hallelujah. It's going to be sound. And today, I hear people talking to me and say, Pastor, this is my dream for you. This is my dream for you. And those are my personal dreams. Let me give you an instance. The impersonal dream. God said, get on TV every day. I want the city to be flooded with the revelation of my word. Get on TV. Get on TV. Let's say this was a business. That's your customer. That's your client. Okay? Impersonal dream. Get on TV. Got on TV for people to hear the word who I may never meet. For marriages to be better. Those who may never say thank you. We raised it. The impersonal dream. We got on TV. The impersonal dream was fulfilled. In Bible language, seek you first. The kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be what? Added unto you. So, it's so simple. It's so simple. The impersonal dream. You serve others. What are you willing to serve others? With value, with quality, and with excellence. Quicker, faster, and better than anyone else in your field. You are ahead. I'm telling you, you are ahead. You've gone ahead. You sit down with the pastor. Watch this. He only prays for the service. He only studies for the service. This guy is not like that. I'm reading almost every time. When I'm watching TV, I'm trying to gain something. I want to know the mindset of the world so I can know how to engage the world. And I'm reading. I'm reading books. I'm reading my Bible. I'm researching, I'm reading on the web, I'm reading. Now, service is on Sunday. I've been working since on Sunday. So I'm willing to serve you the word, watch this, with value. By the time we leave here today, you'll be a different person in the way you think about life. Because now you're going to have your impersonal dream, outline it, plan it very well in maybe your place of work or whatever, I'm going to serve early, I'm going to go early, I'm going to do like this, I'm going to be faithful, dependable. What happens? The impersonal dream becomes what? Your reward. I've been concerned about the impersonal dream. 
Now my personal dreams are rewards. Bill Gates can buy any car he wants to buy because it makes windows cheap. And when they, they brought windows out and um, was it um, they had the Internet Explorer and they were multiplying the market, someone came and forced them to bring the price down by doing something faster, the Firefox Mozilla when it first came out, and cheaper, and they forced Bill Gates to come down in his price. That's, what, what's, that's, that's, that's the deal in the Mac. That's the deal. I wish I had time. I'd have taken you to Luke 16 and shown you something I've never taught you before and I'd never seen until the Lord taught me about the, during the period of the fast or of my fast. You see, you need to understand this. That it, it's not about just making the money. The money will come. See, hear me, the customer. The customer counts. If you like gold, the customer counts. Have you learned anything today? So many things. So many things that we could share. Have you written the dream of the business? The impersonal dream. This business exists to serve. Now, this is an example. This is not what you should write. You go, sit down, think it through. Let it be original. If you want to be consultants, that's up to you. But this is it. Is it this business exists to serve our clients in a way and manner that and we shall like this and we shall and we shall and you align it you look at it you have a dream it's impersonal And you pursue it. You pursue it. Using your iPad is an experience. It's not a product. The iPad is an experience. It's an experience. You tap. You swipe. It's an experience. The man thought about making it easy for all of us. When he showed his friend the iPhone, the man said, how would people be comfortable to type on this screen? And Steve Jobs said, they'll get used to it. It's an experience. How are you going to do what you do in a way and manner it has never been done in history? That is your entrepreneurial edge. 
How are you going to offer your service in a way that it has never been offered? That's your edge. How's your office going to look like? You're in law. Every office looks in a particular way. How are you going to set your office that when they look at it, boy, this is different. When you come in here, you look at, boy, it's, an, it's, it's inspiring. And this is just the beginning. It's inspiring. Look at the colors. Yesterday I was talking to someone that said, hardly for churches to have a color. But I knew I was called to create a brand. To do ministry in a way and manner that has never been done. What about your business? The Bible says you are the light of the world. So Christians must lead. So how are you going to do that business? The way you go about your, your operation as a business in a way that has never been done. Think, 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 think. How are you going to do your business in a way and manner it has never been done before? What I'm teaching you right now, if you go to Lagos, it will cost you money. Am I right? It's free. Guess what? Consultation is what? It's free. Pastor, you're stupid. No, I'm not. I'm smart. Because God gave me a dream to raise a thousand entrepreneurs in the next five years. So what happens? The kingdom of God goes up. And the kingdom of God goes up fulfilling God's personal dream, which is my impersonal dream. I have a reward. The personal dream. Bow your heads in Jesus' name. Have you been blessed today? Talk to God. Give him thanks. It's all free. Every Sunday we'll do this second service. Talk to the Lord. Thank Him. Thank Him. If your business has no dream, ask Him to give you one. From research, the personal dream will eventually fail you. It's simple. Research about it. But everyone that pursued business because of money, the love of money becomes the root of all evil. Money will always come. Money is good. If you've made money your goal in life, it's time to repent. You're worshipping a, a Syrian god called Mammon. Mammon doesn't mean money. He's a Syrian God. That's why we tithe. When we tithe, we sanctify our money. They were not serving the Syrian God called Mammon. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Touch the heart of your people. Give them an impersonal dream. Sanctify their dreams. Sanctify their dreams. Father, we want to shake our world. We want to define our generation. Sanctify our dreams. 
Father, we repent of selfishness. We repent to judge ourselves of selfishness. It's time to serve people sincerely. It's time to serve people with value. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time.